All right, welcome to the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I'm Zach Briggs, joined by Justin Strange and Jake Kramer. Say hello, guys. What's up? How's it going, guys? I can say that I'm probably one of the biggest Star Wars fans in this group, I would imagine. I mean, I grew up watching the original trilogy on VHS from Suncoast Video. My parents, probably you guys heard of Suncoast Video, but it was a video store in the mall. I've heard and of the movie town. Movie town, probably very similar. But We're all three from different places. Mother <laughs> got me this box set of the original trilogy, 1995 releases. And this is not the specialized editions, but it was the original uh, during, in the previews for these particular VHS copies of Star Wars. They would say this way you saw it in the theaters for the last time, essentially. So, you know, Star Wars has been a big part of my life and upbringing, but it, it certainly <laughs> has changed over the years, beginning when I'd say The Last Jedi um, came to life. <laughs> uh, that's another story for another time. Uh, what do you guys... Terrible you, story I, for another how did, time. How did you guys get into Star Wars? So briefly? first of all, let me just go ahead and tell everybody that we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what's actually about Star Wars. I will agree, Zach, that you are probably a bigger Star Wars fan than I am, but I do really love, really love Star Wars. Not as much as Harry Potter. And I even like the prequels. I don't care what anybody says. I enjoy them. You were old enough to remember them in the theaters. I would yeah, imagine. so I remember when they came out, but I wasn't a big Star Wars fan then. Like, I didn't become a Star Wars fan until I was probably like 25 or 26 years old. Um, and so my friends were like, let's watch Star Wars. And I was like, okay, I've never seen them. And so we rented them. They weren't on Netflix, the streaming site, but we had to rent them from Netflix, the DVD mailing. <laughs> so we rented them all and they were like, okay, how do you want to watch watch it do you want to do the i can't believe that you i can't believe that you saw it so late well i was really close-minded as a kid so like i would <laughs> i didn't watch like if, if it was funny i would like it if it was superhero i'd like it but other than that i didn't care for it but like stuff like you know lord of the rings and star wars i wasn't interested be because i was Girl, really that's nerd stuff it was more like i don't know what that is i don't understand it and i don't want to and now i'm like Psh, give me all the star wars you know recently i've been thinking about starting to read some of the books and so we watched them in chronological order in the, uh, the timeline um, in, instead of because they asked me if I wanted to watch it, you know, you know, the originals. And they the, left the that prequels. up to you. They should have left yeah. that up to you. That, the, the, yeah, they left it up to me, I guess, because I'd never seen it. So I was like, OK, let's watch them, you know, one, two, three, I four, mean, five, six. But at that point, you were I'm sure you already knew about Darth Vader. So it wasn't like well, it was spoiled. Right. I I mean, I was. I, yes. You're talking about. Yes. The twist. The twist. Um, yeah. So I was like, OK, let's just watch one, two, three, four, five, six. Let's just go that way. And it, actually, I really enjoyed it watching it that way I, I went back later and watched it the other way and like that was cool too but i enjoyed knowing how everything came to be before seeing episode four you know what i mean like knowing you know yeah. that luke and leia had just been born and now all this time has passed and boom there's luke boom there's leia and so that's the first time i watched star wars was on netflix dvds in like early 2000s and i'm a specialized editions remember yeah i mean yeah they were totally because they were on dvd and and they were netflix dvd so that, i think that had already been the, the time where george lucas had changed everything or added stuff not changed stuff not to brag but i think i might have you uh, beat zach because I don't, I don't think either of you guys have a star wars tattoo permanently on your body no, no. tattoos 
No, no tattoos. neither of you. Okay. Well, I'm permanently marked with my love for Star Wars. So with I what? think my wife and I have matching Star Wars tattoos that we got yeah, on the way to see the Last Jedi. What's the, the tattoo, tattoo? Was fun. We dressed up as uh, we dressed up in Chewbacca onesies and drove all the way to Tulsa, which for us was like two and a half hour drive. And um, the air conditioning went out in our car, so it was like 103 degrees in these onesies and then we saw Star Wars um, and then we had to drive back in 103 degrees. So it was like a slog by the end of the day. But anyway, that's all to say is I have a tattoo. What's the tattoo? Uh, We each have (laughs) one half of the Rebel Alliance logo and mine says um, or hers says I love you and mine says I know. You know, Leia and Han Solo for those who don't don't know. Basic. Before before Han's submerged into the carbonite bed. But but we've watched and my wife is even a bigger fan than I am, but we've watched uh, the animated series, we've watched Rebels, we've watched all of the main series, we've watched all of the TV shows. She's read the majority of the books, like the uh, including, e- ex- e- including the legends. Yes. That's no longer canon. She could, she, she's honestly, she's even a bigger fan than I am. She can tell you so many. The Thrawn trilogy. Yeah. So many like Siths and Jedis and stuff that I've never even heard of. So um, um, she's kind of a nerd. That's it. cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. I will say, you know, I've seen all the movies. I watched the, I think it was, was it the, the Clone Wars, the movie, the animated movie, right? Oh, mm-hmm. I watched that, but I tried getting into the TV show and I don't know why, but I, I, I've tried a couple of times and I just couldn't do it. Um, was it the animation? No, I don't think so. Cause I like, that's it was similar- probably because the first season was really childish. Like the first season was definitely aimed at like kids. It was was really hard to get through the first season but once you get through that first season then it really starts to get in like the political drama and the war and the relationships and also yeah i would like trying to have life lessons at the end of every episode it actually started being a series maybe i just need to get through season one man you know and i have two friends that love that show and so it's like i know i could probably get into it if i just you know push through it i just haven't it's like the office you gotta get through season one no the office was good from the beginning (laughs) I don't even want to hear that. Oh, by the way, real quick. I know you guys know this, but I'm going to tell everybody out there. I am officially a one-time Office Trivia winner. I know. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hang on, guys. Thank Listeners you. are applauding. You just can't hear them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank we'll you for understanding we'll where I was going. Some, like, uh, we're going to go edit some cheers in the background. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be so <laughs> funny. more exciting. All right, Zach. Sorry, go ahead. Obi-Wan. Zach. Obi-Wan. So... Obi-Wan takes place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, Episode 3. And as we know, Anakin is no more. It's Darth Vader. He decides to descent to the dark side and save the ones he loved. And Obi-Wan's kind of a recluse of sorts. But Kenobi's on Tatooine, the the planet we all love. Arguably, we see too much of it in Star Wars these days. But I feel like it's just a a nice, cheap location um, to... Yeah, go go to the desert. That's all you got to do. But yeah, Kenobi, he has a couple children to kind of look after from afar, uh, Luke and, and Leia. There's some dark underlings going on. The, the a Grand Inquisitor and his many henchmen and women, Reva being the main one. And then we have Vader, who has his mission to, to find his old master, Obi-Wan. Initial thoughts, guys, on this six-episode series um, being directed by Deborah Chow, who also directed a couple episodes in The Mandalorian. I, I really, really enjoyed it, uh, the whole thing. Like, I like, you know, the Grand Inquisitor coming, you know, live action, which I know originally was animated 
did. And I didn't actually see that, but I knew he was, you know, it's kind of like, um, what's her face? Uh, uh, Anakin's apprentice in the clone wars. Okay. Yeah. Her coming, you know, live action years later and all that. That was really cool. And it was just, it's cool to see when they take something that is originally animated and bring it into the live action world. You know, that's really neat. And then on top of that, the third sister who um, I recognized from the game Jedi Fallen Order with the second sister, you know, they almost have the same, same uniform, except in Fallen Order, she has like a, a helmet that she wears, but I recognize that. And I thought that was really cool too. And of course, you know, they brought back Darth Vader, which I thought was, and, and on top of that, Anakin, not Anakin, but um, Hayden Christensen, which I thought was really nice. You know, I don't like real quick. Here's what I think about Hayden Christensen playing Anakin Skywalker. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say, pardon my, my French here, but Hayden Christensen is good at acting like a little bitch. Okay. He's good at acting like a child and you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what Anakin was doing in the prequels. He was acting like a child. He's, you know, letting his hatred get, get the best of him, you know, getting upset because he thought that Obi-Wan didn't take him seriously and all this stuff. You know, he was acting, he was acting like a child. And there's a movie, another movie I saw with him in it called seven minutes in heaven where he dies, his character dies and goes to heaven for seven minutes, but it's brought back. And the whole time, the whole time he's complaining as you know, why did God do this to me? I can't believe God did this. And I'm like, man, they found the perfect person to play this role because he <laughs> can play a, a like a little kid, a, a whiner really really well and so i was like i don't you know I don't, I don't understand why hayden christensen gets so much crap for his his part um i don't know really know where i was going George with this. Lucas. Oh, because they they brought back they brought him back and I, re- I was really excited to find out you know not only that ewan mcgregor was coming back but also hayden christensen i was really excited for that and then of course well, james kind of very special to see them. james and james yeah, earl jones game. coming back as well i thought it was well, awesome not exactly. Yeah, he came back. Angel Jones. Not did, when he I didn't really come back. His voice came back. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's the only way he's ever been in in Star Wars. No, it? I'm saying they. He didn't actually voice any of the lines. They used um, an AI synthesizer. They used pretty, an AI synthesizer. I read to different things on that. His voice. Yeah, I, I read he that he he returned. They credited him, but I don't think they actually recorded lines. I don't think he actually recorded lines. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But that's what I've read. Regardless, you could tell the modulation uh, yeah. was trying to reflect that of the original trilogy and his performance in Revenge of the Sith. I mean, there's definitely, whether he recorded or not, I mean, he, they definitely touched it up. I mean, if you remember Rogue One, one of the most glaring, disappointing things is when the first words that come out of Vader's mouth, and it just, he sounds like a, something with the modulation. Like the audio engineers didn't add enough effects, I guess, because it sounded like, at, at points, it, to me, like it was an old alien James Earl Jones. And he is old. He's like in his 80s. But in this, in the Kenobi series, he sounds like he did in Revenge of the Sith or any of, and I'd say Return of the Jedi. And I have forum, printed out forums analyzing the voice differences of Darth Vader. I mean, that's intense. You would. Audios. (laughs) Audio is something I very much pay yeah. attention to. And I was, despite the some of the choices with Vader in the series, I really enjoyed hearing what I believe to be as James Earl Jones. Despite the choices with Vader in this series, go into that. I just had some issues with some of the motivations that Vader had to keep on chasing Obi-Wan and then playing with them and then deciding to let him go. And when his mission was to destroy him ultimately mm-hmm. like i would think one one of the episodes toward the end when obi-wan and vader have that duel and then vader throws them in, into the fire obi-wan but doesn't finish him he just wants to make him suffer 
Mm-hmm. And there are multiple opportunities for him to end it then and there. But I just thought it was kind of certainly, certainly plot convenience just to extend oh, the yeah. series. For, so there's another episode because remember in A New Hope, that whole phrase, when I left you, I was about the learner, but now I am the master. There was a I, reason we needed to see another confrontation where Obi-Wan obliterates Vader essentially uh, and beats him pretty bad. Uh, so once we see him in A New Hope, we can have a, maybe a better understanding of why he said that line. Mm-hmm. I just thought Vader was a bit naive and foolish at times, especially if he's been so hell-bent over the past 10 years to you know, squash his old master. But it- Well, I think his mission for the past 10 years has been to make Obi-Wan suffer. I think ultimately, like, he does want to kill Obi-Wan, but he wants to make Obi-Wan suffer like he has. So that's not really, that's not really something that I struggle with, but I did struggle with some of the ways he chose to do it. I really like the Obi-Wan series, but like you said, Zach, I feel a lot of what they did was artificially elongate the series. Like some of the things that happened were very clearly contrived so that they got their like fan service moments of of Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, you know, facing off against each other. But then they didn't have a good reason for letting... Obi-Wan go. It felt like a lot of the series for me was almost self-congratulatory in like they were reintroducing these characters over and over and making a big deal about like Leia, the whole dressing process with Leia when when they when you first see her in the series, it's actually one of her servants. And they probably spent like a good five minutes on this dressing scene only to find out that that's not Leia. We, oh, it was a fake out. Um, She's actually in a tree. Oh, isn't that cute? She's off on a venture. She's not a senator's daughter. She's doing her own thing. I don't know. I feel like it could have been cut out and got right to the point on a lot of these things. What do you guys think about the third sister, Reva's arc? I mean, obviously, we start off with a young Reva, the opening scene, kind of the somewhat of a one-shot take uh, perspective, and the younglings being attacked amidst Order 66. And I kind of knew right off the bat, once we, this kid's going to be playing a prominent role in some fashion, we learn it's, it tends to, it's going to be Reva. I had pros and cons. Thoughts I just about think her they story. can't make a Star Wars series without going back and killing those kids. I think almost every feature that they've had since Revenge of the Sith, they've gone back and explored Aura 66, like Rebels, Clone Wars, animated series, Obi-Wan. They just can't go, they can't stop going back and killing these poor little children. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a prominent time in the history of Star Wars in that universe. So it makes sense that many of these stories of these characters come from that period. I feel like her character was done a disservice. A lot of her character was undercut. For most of the series, I felt like she was kind of this one-dimensional, angry little girl who the other brothers and sisters and the Inquisitors really didn't give any heed to or even one around like she almost almost hating Christian-esque in the fact that she was kind of moping throughout the entire series definitely and, they wanted to prove herself yeah she wanted to prove herself but I don't feel like they did a good job of making her feel like and maybe they were trying to make her feel redeemable in some fashion because she ultimately does get redeemed at the end of the series. So maybe they were trying to keep that. That was in the back of their minds when they were building her character. But I feel like she wasn't as menacing or as dangerous as she should have been for what she was doing because of how 
she was treated by her uh, her equals and superiors. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't scared or felt threatened by yeah, I wasn't... character at one point. Even that in that scene in, in the bar, and there's that one civilian or whatever that's about to get potentially killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's that Jedi uses the force to do away with whatever Reva's about to do and kill the civilian. I don't know. That's, even that scene didn't do anything for me. Maybe it's the portrayal of Reva and the direction that was given to her. or I don't know exactly what the it was for me, but there wasn't much of a threat in her portrayal. I think my main problem with the series, and again, I like the series. It was great seeing Ira McGregor and it was great seeing Hayden Christensen back on the silver screen together. Or is it? No, silver screens movies. What do they call television? The small screen. The small screen? is small. It it was great seeing those two on the small screen again. But I felt the pacing was off and undercut a lot of attention because they simply dragged so much out. I feel like a lot of the scenes could have been half as long as they were. And they would have received the impact that the showrunners were trying to give it do you think a movie would have been more yeah i was just about to ask that. serving for yeah. this well originally, i actually found yeah go ahead originally it was supposed to be a movie but i think with solo not doing as well as they thought it was going to they scrapped it is what i read um that it was supposed to be a start of a trilogy i think right yeah yeah, and, and I think yeah. it. I think you're right. I think it would have done better had it been a trilogy because they could have cut out a lot of stuff and kind of got to the nitty gritty of it all. Um, but I mean, I still enjoyed most of it. Well, I found a individual. His name's Kai Patterson, and he actually took the six episodes and edited them down into two and a half hours. And so I actually rewatched that. So I watched the series. And I found the the movie edit and I rewatched the movie edit mm-hmm. and I like the movie edit a lot better. He moved a lot of things around. Um, like the biggest changes he did was in episodes one and two, where instead of the Inquisitors coming into town and finding that young Jedi and letting him go, and then the Jedi finds Obi-Wan and begs for help, he switches that all around. The whole movie just starts on Obi-Wan. And then when Obi-Wan comes back from uh, Luke's hut, he's accosted by a mysterious stranger. Ranger, who then turns out to be the Jedi. And then later, the Inquisitors find the Jedi and, and, it, and it just worked a lot better. The pacing worked better because Obi-Wan warns the young Jedi to leave, to go away. The young Jedi doesn't listen and then pays the price. He like moved a lot of things around in the first and second episodes. Like It just gave the characters better motivation. Uh, another thing that uh, Kai did is he edited out that, that stupid chase with Leia. You guys know the chase that I'm talking about where f- five adult men can't chase a little girl because of twigs and bushes. That was the second episode, right? Yeah, he removed that whole thing. So he literally cut it from where the man like confronts Leia and she's like, who are you? And it just cuts immediately to the person walking up behind her and putting the bag over her head. Like he cuts out that whole, and it makes, and it makes so much more sense because there's no possible way that a little 10 year old girl would be able to outrun these trained mercenaries, but they would stick a bag over her head and carry her on a spaceship. She is 
as the force generally strong with her, but they didn't portray it the way they should have if they're if that's what they're going for Unless for a little girl to evade creating visions in their mind yeah. or using blocking force their path. There's no way that they would be stopped by a little twig of a tree or a bush or like a divot in the in the grass. Just the way it was shot was very awkward. I felt as well. Yeah. So it was things like that, and it did remove a couple of things that I wish hadn't, which was. It kind of removed the character development of Leia learning to trust Obi-Wan. She kind of finds out that he's a Jedi earlier. um, And so she kind of like trusts him throughout the whole rooftop chase. And she's running away from the bad guys as opposed to running away from Obi-Wan and things like that. But it was really cool. It was cool seeing the series being edited. I think... What do you think about people making their own edits from something like this. I mean, I think it's pretty cool if you can if you have the time and the resources to sit there and go through six what hour long episodes of a show and and take it and you know make it into a two and a half hour movie like that is pretty cool. I mean, I don't have time to do it. Um, it it's interesting. Like <laughs> I, I'll take it both ways, you know, like this is kind of like, you know, when I went to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, I was taking a friend with me who hadn't seen Ant-Man and I was like, okay, well here, watch this. It's Ant-Man in four minutes, you know, and it, it kind of cuts it kind of gets, gives you the rundown of the first movie. So you can go. And that's kind of what makes me think of like for this podcast episode, it would have been nice to have that to refresh my memory on stuff. Cause I remember most of the show, mm-hmm. especially now that we're talking about it, but it would have been like, Oh yeah, this, this, in this so i mean i think it's interesting i don't know i don't know about it being a quote-unquote good call like what nothing's really going to come of it you know mm-hmm. like they're not going to release it into theaters or anything but it is a cool idea yeah. it is a really cool idea. i like that and i like the dedication I like the fans are passionate enough to yeah, do something that, like yeah that's like what they I'm care like, enough about the characters that they want to make it more cohesive more. they want to make yeah. it better at least a good try to what did you guys think about obi-wan obviously very rusty and using the force then gradually regaining his abilities especially in the end when he somehow has a bunch of <laughs> boulders and rocks oh. going uber i don't know reminds me of something from <laughs> dragon ball z going all at it with against vader and somehow vader is not more damaged than he probably should have been I mean, what are your thoughts on obi-wan's evolution at least in this show from being this simply utilizing was, the high ground huh? i feel like vader, vader had the high ground at one point remember when he plummeted yeah and then Obi-Wan he in that gave pit? it to obi-wan yeah. i mean what were your thoughts on that whole situation of that like, is... obi-wan you know he's, he has this emotional turmoil he's having nightmares uh, and reflections memories from the days of of anakin skywalker being his apprentice and then when he realizes during one of the episodes when reva is right there saying i, I know you're here obi-wan and then he realizes that anakin's still alive what were your thoughts on all that that is the one thing that i thought was weird i just feel like he was a really strong jedi and i get it's 10 years but it's like you're not that rusty you can't be you know i don't know i'm not a jedi i don't have the force i guess i don't really know even even with all the stuff that happened in the past it's like it was kind of weird to me the way that he had to kind of regain his his force powers and stuff he just didn't already have them even though he has maybe he's has been using them i guess in the last 10 years he hasn't really had to he's had to be a recluse when it comes to his force powers so not to attract right that tension in other force users i can that's I, probably one of the, the big points right yeah i just feel like he could have been stronger than he actually actually started out being but you know whatever it's why i'm not the one making the tv show I did think that 
I thought his his reaction when he found out that Vader Anakin was still alive. I thought he did like even uh, and all that's it was great. it was just a little like oh my god like holy facial geez. expressions. I mean yeah. and it, that's all it was. But I was like that was so powerful because he was like he was one thing I guess he sure he was sure he was dead. You know he, it was he was burned by lava like he's got to be dead. But then it's just all of a sudden he's he's alive. You know and and I thought I'm thinking at the point, I should have just finished him. I should. I mean dang him. it. <laughs> but. It's, like I just thought his reaction to that was so like on. You could point. you could just sense the terror that glands yeah, of terror exactly. that comes over his face when he hears those words from yeah. Riva. I mean, I, I mean, I felt the I kind of felt the anxiety a little bit as a viewer. It was probably one of the best one of the best moments in the whole series. I thought. And then fast forwarding to the the end Wait. where you see Vader's mask slightly torn up, and you could see actual Hayden Christensen, Anakin inside the what about the helmet. Jake? Did we not get to hear what you thought about his reaction? Uh, I was going to say, they did a great job with the voice modulation. I loved how they put how they put James Earl Jones' voice alongside Christian Haydenson's Hayden to make that kind of like multi-layered. What? What did I say? Christian Haydenson. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst one yet. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I like that. The I, that the, was probably my favorite part. That fa- my favorite part was him with the with the mask, you know, torn off, had a hole in his mask, and it's just kind of going through all the different modulations of his voice, you know, while he's talking. I thought that was really cool. Like probably the best moment in the whole series. And again, another emotional moment for Obi Wan. Obi Wan, in a way, feels bad, and, and in a way, just probably responsible. Point, I think, in a way, he at that point he kind of realizes, yeah, yeah. I've you know no what? more hope. You're right for this guy. It wasn't my fault. And well, even walks away. He doesn't say bye, Anakin. I think he says bye, Vader. He doesn't say Anakin. Yep. That's a nice little nod. That's yeah. a nice Hot. little nod to a new hope. When during one of the interactions between Obi Wan and Vader, well, the only one inter- only interaction is that you're only a master of evil, Darth. I think that's what he what Obi Wan said in the, the Kenobi series. I think he said the word Darth. I feel like oh, he might have said Darth. He, he I think he said not. Darth because I was like. What? He said he says that in a New Hope uh, because in a New Hope I think back then they just, it, Darth was probably his real first name. It wasn't just like necessarily a title. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like now it kind of connects a little bit more. Yeah, I, do, I agree. And they don't really mention Anakin. You know, they do mention I think a couple times in the original trilogy, but not as much Return as of the Jedi. I believe. Yeah, did, yeah. Did they ever right. actually mention his name? I'm pretty sure it was Return always of the, Return of the Jedi. Why yeah. in the Clone Wars? It was Return what? of the Jedi when Ghost Obi Wan's speaking with Luke on Egba when he's explaining. Well, doesn't um, the whole revelation about Luke having a sister and yeah. then going into the history of? The, well, don't they mention his name again? Oh, maybe not. Uh, doesn't the Emperor mention Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader? Because then he say like something like the the son of Anakin Skywalker or something like that. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I have to go back and watch it. Yes, and Empire okay. Strikes Back, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Because he's he's standing there talking to him. He's it might be in the edited. They, I know they added. You know the the scene in Empire Strikes Back where Vader's kneeling before the Emperor. Yeah, and they, there's yeah, different they, versions of that. They, there's one where they include some extra dialogue by bringing in Ian Emperor. McDermott. Mm-hmm. And uh, that actor, because in the originals they had. Oh, this they might have. Totally, you're, totally, you're right. Totally you're different. Right. I think that's what they did. Yes, yeah, yes. They added I, I dialogue. Totally, yeah, because yeah. I have the um, laser disc of Empire. That one. Yeah, I, I think you're right because I have the laser disc of Empire and I watched it. And you know, it's not, it's not the not the guy who plays the Emperor. If it is, it's a very 70s looks like a man hologram. Kate and Plato. 
Yeah, it's just like a hologram. Kind of a creepy looking A way thing, worse, yeah. way worse looking hologram. That's for sure. Yeah, too many I edits take, to keep up guys with. Did <laughs> Obi Wan lifted all those rocks because he tapped into his grief from the dark side? Oh, that's possible. Like he was I mean, so upset about his relationship and that that he that he tapped into it. It's very possible. It's kind of like a what's her face, the Sorcerer Supreme tapping into the the dark realm or whatever it's called. You know, the dark she, hold. She, she no, the dark hold's a book. The whatever the dark dimension I think it is called in Doctor Strange, where she draws power from the dark dimension. Kind of the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so here's the thing about the dark side. This doesn't really have much to do with Obi Wan, but I believe that the dark side is stronger than the light side, but. You know, you go, it's, it's, I mean, it's in the name dark. You go down a more darker path if you choose the dark side, but the powers are cooler, you know, freaking the emperor can shoot lightning from his hands. You know what I mean? Like light side lightning too, but that's expanding universe. Yeah. Well, okay. In, in this other, you know, before, before we got to the expanding universe, he still could shoot lightning from his hands. Okay. Like in the originals. Um, so I don't know. I think the dark side is a lot stronger and, you know, maybe as a Jedi, I mean, I bet Yoda does it. Maybe he has to, to, to be able to do some of the things he does, but he's such a yeah. good Jedi that he can kind of do it and get rid of it if he has to. I don't know if he does or not, but I mean, it sounds feasible that he would have to do that. I mean, well, that was the deal with Mace Window. Canonically, the reason he has a purple lightsaber is because he embraced aspects of the dark side. Yeah, it, the Vapod style of this, it's called this Vapod seventh form of lightsaber combat. And yeah, he yeah Jake, aspects duh, of the dark side. Duh, Jake. <laughs> Obviously, of course. You, you can even tell looking at looking at that, that fight between Mace and Palpatine, good old Palps. I felt like Mace would have beat oh, Palps. Oh, for sure. But isn't in lightsaber combat anyway? <laughs> isn't the real reason Mace Windu has a light purple? lightsabers because Samuel Jackson wanted a purple lightsaber. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Well, yeah. if you played the Star Wars Jedi but Outcast game, then you would It's because he embraces his dark side. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> but we gotta talk about in the story why he has a purple lightsaber. I get it. But in Jedi Power Battles, the game on Sega Dreamcast and PlayStation 1, Mace Windu has a blue lightsaber. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. I wonder, is that canon? They just couldn't get the rights. No, this is an episode. This was <laughs> to purple. They episode, didn't get the rights to purple. Episode 2 <laughs> The game like, took place all during episode one. Oh, well, what yeah. do you know? Okay. Did he like lose his lightsaber or something? Maybe. Nah, it was, it was always blue. In the comics, it was blue too. Before episode two and three. That's interesting. I, now it kind of makes me wonder because you said what he he embraces not embraces but taps into the dark side or embraces the dark side. And that's why. Yeah, he yes. he utilizes aspects. Well, yeah, dang, Mace Windu utilizes it somewhere else. Soaks it you, all in. You don't need to. Okay, <laughs> the, I'm going to utilize the aspects of the dark side to turn my sword purple. It's like, dude, use it for something else. I don't know. <laughs> I, I need to rewatch the prequels. But it's again, a bitching sword, man. <laughs> but purple. it's so cool. <laughs> I think one cool thing about Obi Wan is that more so these days especially for star wars and obi and mandalorian for example they're using these virtual sets in these kind of dome uh, facilities and they have the the scenes for the actors to interact with so like tatooine or whatever background they need they could project it on there and the actors are able to interact with i think that's excellent cool technology and it probably well for one saves a lot of money you don't have to go to as many uh locations. actual locations but another thing it kind of helps the actor in, in a, a nice controlled environment i would agree with that it, it's a lot better now 
than it used to be. You know, I mean, that's just comes with the ev- evolution of technology. It's like we've talked about, you know, Mortal Kombat, the movie and some of these video game movies that, you know, don't look good because the CGI just wasn't that good. But now, you know, even in TV, the CGI, CGI has gotten so good. You know, we can make a big purple alien look real, you know, and we can make Iron Man's suit look real. And he's not wearing a dang thing except for a motion capture suit. I almost wonder if that technology can become a detriment because they're able to have access to anything and they don't necessarily have to put the thought into building the set. You know, they're able to just grab assets, which I'm sure that at this point they have oodles of files that they can pull from and they're able to just create things and put their actors into that scene without necessarily considering the blocking and some of the aspects. I feel like Obi-Wan in particular wasn't as seamless in their set design as other shows like The Mandalorian and Boba Fett were. It almost felt like a lot of their sets were purposely circular. Like a lot of places Obi-Wan, like the his cave was circular. The bar was circular, especially in the first couple of episodes. It just seemed almost like they were playing into the design of their 360 video wall as opposed to making the wall work for them. I think one of the big positives of the visuals of Kenobi was I think the lightsaber combat for me. I mean, this is the first time, at least from my experience, that they've been using more of these lightsabers akin to what you can buy for $100, $200. I mean, back in the prequel movies, they were using these very fragile toothpick looking things if you've seen the behind the scenes. So I They're kind of taking inspiration of what they've been doing during the sequel trilogy as well. If you've seen the behind the scenes there, they're using these actual lightsabers that are the colors that the Jedi are using, whether it's blue, green, or or red. They're incredibly saturated. Do you not like that? I do... But it's also kind of like, I guess I'm just kind of a fanboy where it's like, I kind of wish it was more blown out. I feel like it, you know, when we're used to seeing something on film, bright objects tend to blow the film out. And so the center would be white and it gives it a sense of realism and it gives it a sense of the energy behind the saber. And I feel like with them being so saturated and, and colored throughout the whole beam, it doesn't feel as powerful to me. I, I guess. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I kind of like it. Um, it gives it more, I don't know, it makes it a little more prominent and it doesn't F with my TV, <laughs> you know? Um, there we go. It looks like a sword. I don't know. It, I mean, it looks like a, a, a sword. I don't know how to explain it. I thought I think it looks kind of cool. Especially Kylo like Kylo, Ren's sword. And even what's her face? Um, Reva, what's is that her name? Reva. Reva. Her 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 lightsaber was cool, especially when she like was you, you know the whole time she's fighting with one, and then all of a sudden she's got two, and then all of a sudden it kind of spins. I was like, oh, well, Jesus that's all Christ. the inquisitors. All the inquisitors have those. Oh, do they? Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad. Yeah, that's cool. That's it a was cool, standard though. issue until F and um, what's his face, Darth Vader broke it. <laughs> he just like <laughs> breaks it. <laughs> So anyway, sorry. I love Vader's fighting style. One-handed. Yeah, he did. Man, to take he's just so good. They did he's a so fantastic good. job. They did a fantastic job mixing um, like Darth Vader's style of fighting in episode four and, and the original trilogy with kind of the more powerful aspects of the prequel trilogy. You know, it was like a good medium between that kind of like tired one-handed aspect that we saw in the OGs and the over-the-top spins and moves and stuff that we saw in the prequel trilogy. They got his style 
but still put the the emphasis and the motion and the power behind it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Bader's all about the very forceful strength um, technique of using the lightsaber, whereas Obi Wan's fighting style is a lot more defensive. Which again, they used a lot of what we've seen already in the prequels, and I didn't really see much of Ben Kenobi from A New Hope in uh, in this series as far as the fighting, but. It was a good mix of even aspects from the, the sequel trilogy. I mean, I enjoyed the more heavy um, samurai-esque style way of you know, choreography. Mm-hmm. But it was, definitely didn't seem as choreographed and like a dance compared to the prequels. Yeah. Because some of those prequel fights were just... Like, yeah, they what were, am I they watching? were like acrobatic. A, yeah, too acrobatic, I felt like. I, where's the tension? Well, you know that it was uh, it was very flowery. It was showy, and um, yeah, like spinning lightsabers for no reason. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> on the one of the years of the M- MTV Movie Awards, there's a category called Best Fight, and oh, not Obi Wan, uh, Count Dooku and Yoda were nominated. And like, you know that uh. fight, you know that fight, <laughs> that fight, you know Yoda's jumping around and doing flips and all this stuff, and that that's kind of what the first thing I thought of when you mentioned, you know, they're, they're doing acrobatic for no reason. But then again, you have Count Dooku, who's like a human and then Yoda, who is like, you know, three feet tall. So kind of makes a little more fight in the world. Yeah. It kind of of makes sense that Yoda would have to jump around, but he doesn't have to do like front flips and stuff. You got to admit the first time that you saw that though, you were freaking out. Oh yeah. I remember the audience clapping and cheering. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure. But a little green guy with a lightsaber. (laughs) I want to talk about one scene, analyze one scene, the opening sequence, the first scene, the kind of the one take-esque, it's Order 66, the Jedi are somehow oblivious to what's happening in the hallways and in the temple, Jedi being slaughtered, including younglings. I kind of feel like the Jedi are so naive. I mean, they were pretty ignorant, I felt like, in the... uh, the prequels as it is, but it just felt like, come on, you certainly had to have sensed something um, come, happening outside. Were they that close-minded? I mean, I mean seriously, they might not be as powerful as some other Jedi. Canonically, I'm going to push my glasses up here. Canonically, <laughs> the reason that they weren't able to sense it is because um, they had actually built their temple on a dark side relic. The the temple in the prequels is actually on the same land that was originally a Sith temple. And the Jedi in their hubris decided that they were going to take that land and turn it into like a temple for good and the light. And so that's what Palpatine was able to use to cloud. Like when Yoda mentions like, Oh, vision clouded. It is. That's the dark side from the temple. And Palpatine using that to cloud their perspective That's or cloud their very interesting. Yeah, yeah that is interesting. That. I mean, it's like Poltergeist thing. And obviously Palpatine was this he was a very manipulative man, Dick. obviously. Dick. Rising to the this the stage of being a galactic that, empire. That to me, and we'll we'll talk about that another time. That to me was insane. How he because he started out as a senator, right? He centered Palpatine yeah. and then he became what? Uh well I think he was a senator chancellor then emperor, right? Yeah, yeah, almost positive that's what it was. It just it just blew my mind how he rose to power so fast. You know, like I don't care what anybody says. I enjoy the political aspects of the prequel movies. Man, but anyway, sorry. One of the ahead. things 
since you brought up the political aspect of it, one of the things that I loved about the Obi-Wan series was the little glimpses that they gave into people's lives. Like some people didn't care about the empire. It was like, they're not going to be out here. No, they're not going to touch this place. And then there were people who thought the empire was good. There was like the little mole farmer who was nice, friendly, supportive. And then turned out that he was a huge supporter of like essentially Nazism. You know, it was, it was this great, uh, great description of how people can be what you would think good, friendly, moral people and just buy into terrible, awful things because it might help them or they've just been, you know, um, you know, they've just been kind of programmed that way. They've just kind of bought into the rhetoric. Yeah, it's crazy. You should read the book by James Luceno Lucino. It's it's a now a Legends book, but it's called Star Wars Cloak of Deception. I've read it, and it's very political heavy about the, the manipulation that Palpatine had on the Chancellor that we see in Episode One, Chancellor Valorum, and it, it, how he get, eventually gets him ousted in Episode One. But this is takes place just before the events of the Phantom Menace, and and there's another book called Darth Plagueis, which is even you know, further back when you know Palpatine eventually works away and, and, and assassinates his own master. Um, I would I'd like to see a movie or a sh- movie about Darth Plagueis and mm-hmm. Palpatine. Probably got to cast someone else um, for Palpatine. <laughs> I think Ian's I don't know, a little man. too old. But, he, uh, he was in this Ian thing. Back. Yeah, he was in this thing. Yeah. They, can't, they can't digitally de-age him. Tired of de-aging stuff, to be honest. But, but some of it looks great. Um, but I feel like the Palpatine we saw in Kenobi, it looked more like the one we've seen in like the originals, like Return of the Jedi. You could tell he didn't look as makeup heavy as he did in like Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, if you yeah. guys noticed that. Oh, I noticed it. I noticed it. I was like, God. <laughs> yeah, I do. I remember um, seeing him being like, man, he looks a lot worse. Was he in play the Palpatine back in the... In the originals, yeah, and, he did. And that's that's all. He, he just didn't sound. He didn't. And... He, yeah, he just didn't master the voice. How I kind of liked it in Revenge of the Sith, like rise. Do it. Yeah, no. do and then, it. And then I I actually really liked him in uh, what is it, the Rise of Skywalker. I thought it was kind of cool. It was kind of weird, but it was kind of neat. Seeing that huge contraption, and he's like, you know, old yeah. zombie palps. Yeah, I mean, he's just like can't move essentially. <laughs> But it was kind of cool to see him. But back to that, back to that opening sequence. So, what did you guys think about the cinematography and the way it was shot? The opening uh, sequence. Justin, I'll let you take this. I don't. I'm trying to remember what it was. Um, it was the young leans were training, and suddenly they get bombarded by the the clone troopers, and then it's kind of like a one take uh, up to a certain point. I like one takes, like long takes. <laughs> Um, a lot, but if you can do that, man, you've, you've impressed me already from what I can remember. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I guess I didn't notice it that much clearly. Cause I don't really remember. I need to watch it again, I guess. Cause, um, don't remember really remember what happens. Not going to lie. I think, I think Star Wars were so used to, you no, know, I think generally quick takes, especially in combat scenes. So it kind of caught me by surprise to a degree. I thought, I would have appreciated it more if it was more traditional and 
maybe some close-ups of younglings and getting their reactions, facial reactions and everything. Because they get sliced to twixt. <laughs> Jesus <But> Christ. <laughs> it was a little dip, bit different for me. I felt what are we going to do? too shaky. But Order 66, mate. But Kenobi was the first time we've seen live action clone troopers because in the prequels yeah. they were all cgi which was, I, I read oh, i was yeah. like wow that's i'm pleasantly surprised i didn't know that none of the clone troopers in the prequels were they were just all cgi i mean even the when uh you see commander cody without his helmet and it's obviously uh tamara morrison who obviously yeah. is also Django. i thought that was like an actual he in, in a suit and everything but i guess his face was just cgi'd onto the yeah, you can kind of tell. Oh, really? Look, looking back on it, you can kind of tell that they're not, you know, they're CGI. Um, yeah. Kind of looking at it. But, but you, I could also kind of tell, like, something's up with these clone troopers. They look, they're moving around too realistically, and the 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 hue of blue on the, the 501st. I mean, you know, he couldn't realistically so play every single, cl- every single clone. Uh, he can do yeah. it. Yeah, he can and also some of the play... Clones look- some of the clones look different heights too, and that, I mean, that's a kind of a that's kind of a nitpick, obviously. But I mean, if they're, if they're clones, they should be around the same height. Do you think? <laughs> I like that they brought him back for that one little cameo in episode two, I believe, when he was the the, the retired uh, or veteran. veteran. Yes, yes, yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Like, wait, a live action Clone Wars. <laughs> Uh, scene. I wish we had more re- flashbacks to Hayden or to Anakin and Obi Wan, like in the middle of a battle or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's too much of that, that duel in that room in Coruscant. I know they're trying to have us understand of how Hayden, how Anakin has developed, and trying to parallel to the current time. But I wish we had just more cool scenes. Um, <laughs> I thought Anakin looked a bit old i mean he's they were trying to make him look like he did in the movies the way he looked like in episode two but mm-hmm. i'm glad also that they didn't go heavy at all or if at all on the the aging i don't think they even de-aged anakin when he was supposed to be apprentice anakin from episode two uh, obviously they, they did a little bit yeah but i mean he's obviously fuller in the face he has the the smiling lines um but Again, that's it, just another little nitpick. I mean, his voice is matured. He sounds more like he um, did in Revenge of the Sith or even the Anakin that is portrayed in the animated series. Because in episode two, I mean, Anakin's voice at that point is the whiniest ever. I mean, that's the first <laughs> time we hear a teenage Anakin is in episode two. Uh, and it, I guess suddenly he matured. <laughs> um, I don't know. They they could have probably, if they were trying to go over that whiny Anakin voice, they could have messed with the voice or Anakin, try to mimic that. But who knows? Maybe it took place after um, the events of episode two. So yeah. I, I I'm okay with I, it. I liked it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it. Job. I didn't mind it for what they had. You know what? What? How old is is Hayden Kutcher now? Forty something. It's like what? What they had to work with. I think it they did an okay fantastic job. for his age. I mean, he still he looks. You know, like well, they in, both in his thirties, in my opinion. Yeah, and they both it looked look good. pretty much similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, yet Obi Wan Kenobi with that Jedi mullet once again, which <laughs> uh-huh. if you, you beautiful in the, in the interviews he 
he hates that thing. <laughs> Too bad. Okay. What do you think about the music? I, I thought the music was abysmal, especially I... uh, through, at least until the end. It was very generic sounding. There are no motifs until the last episode, I would say, uh, when you heard the Leia theme and then portions of when Emp in Empire Strikes Back, when Han Solo and crew are about to head into the, the asteroid field. But other than that, I don't know yet why they didn't utilize more motifs, even subtly. They didn't even attempt well, to do that. In the, in the trailer, we heard familiar music, but for most of it, it just sounded like generic, no sci-fi channel crap, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Well, I, um, real quick, I have a trivia. that I, So um, apparently, John Williams retired composing anything Star Wars um, related after the sequel trilogy ended, but he, he contacted Kathleen Kennedy and requested to write something for this show simply because... Obi-Wan has never had a character theme of his own and he wanted to write one for him, which I thought was pretty neat um, to find out that, you know, he's like, he finds this, he finds this out. He's like, Hey, I want to write the music. And like, for me, I, I enjoyed the music. The only problem I had was the Obi-Wan theme sounded a lot like the Spider-Man theme from the game, Marvel <laughs> Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, the PS4 game. It sounded you very, very, very you probably got some inspiration. John maybe, Williams. I mean, maybe he, he did some but, games. <laughs> but I was like, man, it sounds like, but I, I still really enjoyed it. And like, I was like, man, if they come out with the vinyl for this, I think I really want it. Cause I, I really, I really liked them. I mean, it wasn't as like hard hitting as say episode four, you know, where everything had a theme. Darth Vader had one, Luke Skywalker had one, you know, there's just themes all over the place. Yeah. But yeah. you know, it, it was a little more subtle than, than say past um, themes and music from star Wars, but I still really, really enjoyed it. Like I was like, man, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Obi-Wan's theme. Yes, absolutely. But just during like the fight sequences, it felt very generic. That's the only oh, way. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right there. I mean, I didn't really notice. I'm not, I was I'm not asking for battle, the heroes or duel, the fates either. I'm asking for something that's more akin to star John Wars. Williams or mm -hmm. star Wars. I mean, something similar. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, to be honest. Um, yeah. But I think it just, I was, it didn't grab me. I think the majority of this show just lacked a lot of art direction. Just overall, I feel like it lacked a lot of direction as opposed to how long it was supposed to be, what they really wanted the narrative to be with the music, character motivations. I feel like they had originally made this script to be a movie yeah. and then realized after Solo that they didn't think that was going to work. And so they turned it into a TV show. And with that, they had to add a whole bunch of extra material to make a fit. And it kind of messed with everything. Like they could have probably done without Reva, to be honest. And yeah, focused. I, I would I have totally just appreciated agree. a series of, of a hermit Obi-Wan and being pursued um and he's still this Dude, hermit give, me the, I mean, the, give me the original grand inquisitor i don't care about her come rising to power and then deciding to you know double double cross start yeah. like that didn't bother like I, that wasn't any like i want the inquisitor that's got the face paint you know it's like i don't care about this this lady he was kind of shafted in this one wasn't he, uh, he was <laughs> and, and when was. people and when he got stabbed and you know people that spoiler he he dies in rebels so i knew he wasn't well hopefully <laughs> did 
Disney wasn't going to screw Kill this one off. up. But yeah. th- thankfully, uh, he came back. He's like, hello. And yeah. looking over Reeve and he, and he says goodbye. <laughs> hello. That's what he does. Yeah, he, I th- he, he came across more menacing. I like his very subtle, very calm demeanor. I mean, I would have appreciated him like being this. the main villain to, to face Obi-Wan. A prolapsed anus. Do y'all want to... Yeah, I love I love the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I wish that we had, we saw more of him. Remember, we saw young Riva as a youngling, and she gets attacked in some fashion by Anakin or Darth Vader. At this point, what exactly happens to her? Do we know? Are we talking about when she's a kid? Yeah, the young. Man. I just think she she hid, man. I don't think she actually got attacked. I think she just hid and saw that it was Anakin doing it. As we saw that interact, that kind of flashback where Anakin's towering over her. So I don't remember that. Maybe it was she did the end. I thought she it's got... when Reva's comp- contemplating what to do with Luke, whether to mm. attack him or not. And then during that scene at the end, that's when those flashbacks to her and as a youngling and Vader. I thought she did get hurt because she gets. Because and she survives because she gets happens again, right? She gets stabbed yeah. or something, and then she survives again. And so I thought that was kind of the <laughs> the whole you know contrast between the two, or not maybe contrast the similarities between the two. Like I I I, I think she did get hurt somehow, but she ended up surviving. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think. She- Meanwhile, Qui Gon gets stabbed in the the stomach as well, and <laughs> he, he just gives up. I think. <laughs> Yeah. I think, he wants to be. He wants to build a force ghost. I believe. Man, I just think it goes to show that Disney doesn't really understand lightsabers. Like Finn, he gets have, Okay, so like the Grand Inquisitor, him getting stabbed in the stomach. Okay, maybe he's an alien. He is two stomachs here. Elsewhere, yeah. maybe they're in his feet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but like Reva's a human. That definitely should have killed her. And and just stuff that they do with lightsabers, like the very cool scene where Obi-Wan cuts the lights in the interrogation room and then slices through those two guards. The first one that he hits, he like hits it like he's a baseball bat. So he hits it, it bounces off, and then he hits it again. I don't know if that was an editing mistake or or what, but that lightsaber should have just cut clean through that dude. Yeah, I I was a bit... Not put up. I was like, huh? Okay. <laughs> it was like, literally, as you said, a baseball bat. It shouldn't go, it should just slice right yeah, through or a, a nice flutter. cut. Yeah. But again, it, I don't think they want to show it much um, decapitation or limbs coming off, at least when it comes to human type which is, uh, characters, I, I, which, which is, is understandable. ironic because Darth Vader totally snaps a kid's neck. That's true. That was dark. Yeah. Darth like, Vader for nothing. Fa- Hello, Disney. Family friendly. <laughs> you, you... <laughs> it's cool with me. In- infant side? What? Infant side. God, that's horrible. Did you know they had Hayden Christensen in the suit very minimally in this series? He was in, yeah. obviously, the scenes where we see his face toward the end, Wait, but what? they had other actors that were much taller than him. My um, understanding for other is, scenes, which is I my prefer. understanding is there were three people in the suit. They had a very tall actor playing for the wide shots. They had a stunt actor, and then they had Hayden Christensen for the voice up close. Essentially, anything from I think it's from like the waist up. They put them on. They put them on apple boxes, and and that was Hayden Christensen. But any wide shots and any action shots, that was someone else. 
Can you imagine getting to wear that suit? It's like getting to wear a Spider-Man suit. Be the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Like, I don't even want to cosplay. I, I want to be like on set wearing that suit because I am a stunt person or a stand-in or something like that. Like, that'd be so cool just to be like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not Spider-Man, but I got to wear the suit, you know? <laughs> Sorry. I just yeah, think like, Vader's suits. Well, be. It's one of the like, best villains. Standing for lighting. Ever. Yeah, I agree. It, it is the one of the best villain suits ever because yeah, I think he's one of the, you know, him and the Joker and, and Lord Zed, top three villains in my book. I do want to talk about the very, very, very end. You know, Oh, that about. emotional scene with Leia and Obi-Wan? Nope. Oh. The very end. That was the, that was the end. The, the end where Reva turns away from the Inquisitors? No, the part where Qui-Gon shows up. Did you guys watch the whole thing? Uh, oh, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. Well, it was just, it was just for me, it was kind of meaningful because like the whole time he's like, you know, I need your help. I need your help throughout the entire. And he's probably been doing that, you know, for for 10 years, years praying, praying to count. Praying to Quagon, you know? So he's like, <laughs> praying to Quagon. And finally, finally, he shows up. Of course, it's after all this other crap happens. It's like, dude, where were you before? And like, it's about time or something yeah. like that. It's like on Angels in the Outfield. We're, we'll help you, but we're not going to let you. We're not going to help you during a championship. That's all you. <laughs> you know, it's like he, he lets him go through all this crap. And then finally, he shows up. Other than that, you know, I thought it was really, really like touching scene. I was really, really- very excited to see. You know, Liam Neeson come back as as Qui Gon. Like that was for me. That it's was like probably the same wig too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was, but one of the better cameos in the entire show. And like you know, we got Hayden Christensen and whoever else all up in there. Yeah, and he still Qui Gon still had that you know kind of sarcastic vibe about him that and, he had in Episode yeah. One. That kind of. And the thing is, it's like he wasn't actually there. He was probably standing in front of a green screen and going, you know, let's go. And he, but then they hologrammed him in. It's like he's not actually there, but it was still kind of neat to to see his face in it. And and the Emperor too. And the Emperor too. Like I, I really I, when when I saw the Emperor, I kind of geeked out a little bit too because I think he's one of my favorite um, villains in Star Wars in general. So like even and anything I've done, yeah, like in played any villains, you know, in games or anything. Emperor Palpatine, I think, is probably one of the. I, it's just. The way he he rose to power you know he's like hey just let me do it Story, yeah. and i will give you power back and you can you know whatever and then he's like no nah, i'm gonna keep it and then he becomes a he freaking always emperor always felt in control yeah, yeah. it's just it always was, felt in control the way he rose to power and then he stayed in power it after that it was just emperor palpatine all the way you know hashtag For 30 emperor, years yeah hashtag palps all the way am i right <laughs> Yeah, helps to the end. What would you guys like? What would you guys like to see in a season two? Would where should the story go, or does it? Or do we need a season two? Well, obviously, I'm good. I'm good with this time. I'm good with season well, one. Well, I was just thinking that, like, I'm okay with it just staying in season one. Like, we don't really need a season two. I'm not saying you don't need season... Luke to be exposed to the force. Yeah. <laughs> yet. Well, and that's the only other thing that he doesn't even happen. know what it is much. He doesn't know much about what the force is. He's never hasn't seen a lightsaber. No, and probably until well, he doesn't even learn about hope. it until a new hope. Yeah, yeah he doesn't. Yeah, he even says that's you're why fine. I was worried about Riva's little. Like, Stunt, way, going back on tattooing. Yeah. yeah, I was like, come, that, that was like, I didn't like that entire sequence, but I was worried that Luke was going to be exposed to a lightsaber um, wow. at that point. But he was like very young at that point. Well, he was about 10 years old. Point. Yeah. The same age as Leia. But 
he he doesn't know does he know what a lightsaber is in episode four not very i mean he, he he's very naive I mean, I, about I, the say, force. I, I guess he would well i guess he would it's hardly heard of it yeah i was gonna say he's probably heard of a lightsaber probably never seen, seen one, one never never held one yeah. or used one um and then yeah he learned the force in in episode four through six you know he had to learn mm-hmm. it so i yeah i don't think i think with a season two um luke leia could te- te- technically be involved you know because you know she learns about obi-wan gets to know him and trusts him enough to ask for his help in episode four you know he's like she's like okay this is the only guy that can help me because he knows who darth vader is and all that stuff and so you know another season with her i think would be okay i thought she was a a fantastic little you know fantastic actress the girl who played leia i thought she did a great job you know she was really good at kind of expressing emotion and stuff so i think a season two with her could be cool i think a season two with qui-gon would be awesome that's what I prefer. Or you know, maybe again, how many more? We, we, more we don't need a freaking full season though of no, I don't think talking about Qui Gon, and we don't need more Vader. Well, I was gonna I say they, like we, it needs it to would, be, it's gonna be more, more grounded, less adventurous. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not as many cameos. Adventure. Probably not yeah. as many cameos. I, I don't think that we need a season two, to be honest with you. But heck, if they bring, if they make one, and We're they figure out one, who said who said that? When was that? Set? We're getting one. It's it's we're getting a season two. Yeah, but where did you confirm that? Out? I know that Hayden Christensen and Ben or Ben Kenobi. I was about to call him Ben Kenobi. You and McGregor both said they want a season two. Can I just say? Yeah, oh, story makes well, sense. No, I don't see. It. I was for sure that I had read there was going to be a season two. Yeah. Can of I course, just? So we'll we'll watch it, but it's just like I don't think it's needed. I know we're we're talking about season two, but quickly, can I just say? What's his name? Kamel Nanjiani. He was unnecessary in this. Uh, he was it's funny though. <laughs> here's the one thing I liked. Yeah, he was funny. I, here's the one thing I liked about Star Wars up until Solo is they use they cast unknown actors throughout yeah. the whole thing, and then Solo came out and they cast Paul Bettany as the villain. You know, and I'm like, like, and and Woody Harrelson's in that movie, and I'm just like, man, like. I was kind of hoping <laughs> they would stick to casting unknown actors. So yeah, I, I just feel like with, with big franchises like these, like casting actors that are well-known, it kind of takes me out of it because yeah. the story is just so much better with people you don't know. Cause it's like, you're getting to know them as actors and as a, as a character and you're getting to know their characters at the same time. So you're getting to know essentially two different people. You know, and then when you see Woody Harrelson and and Paul Bettany and you know Paul Bettany for people who don't know plays Jarvis, and then Vision in in the Avengers and all that stuff. I don't know. It just kind of pulls me out of it when they're like, "We're gonna put this guy in it because he's famous." It's like, no, no, let's put someone else in it, someone I don't know. I'm okay with that. But that's the only thing. When I saw him, I was like, "It's like, oh man, I really like this guy. He's so funny." But why is he in this? Why is he in this freaking show? <laughs> like, he's so funny in, in Silicon Valley. If you guys have seen Silicon Valley, like that show is so hilarious. And like, that's the first time I ever saw him. I thought he was so funny. Part of the edit, I would imagine, should get rid of all those scenes or most of them with the fraud Jedi. Yeah. The fraud. Jedi. <laughs> I mean, even the scenes where he's supposed to take care of and look after Leia, they, those could be removed. I mean, I don't think mm. his character's necessary much. What role did he play to provide them a ship uh, to get off the planet? The, the, the directions of how to get to 
this particular ship um, off. Yeah, I guess there's, there's that flat roll. True. Whatever. I mean, he uh, didn't do a bad job. He's a great actor. No, it's just, it's it's just, just he, yeah, as you said, he felt out of place a little bit, and that humor yeah. uh, comes comes out at like during ser- serious moments. Is just like yeah. Of, tonal whiplash for me <laughs> one thing i like also like about star wars it's a little more serious than than marvel you know but now disney owns both and they feel like they both need the same format and i'm like no star wars can remain a little more serious a little more dramatic oh, no. and give me give me comedy and marvel stuff i'm okay with that you yeah. know action and marvel because like star wars trilogy it, if that comes to fruition it's going to be so much oh yeah comedy it's be like and jokes i think it's, they forget that star wars was originally a space opera yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like that's what it was. So Luke it called was it. Drama. It was. That's a, what Luke is called. It's it. a family yeah. drama set in space, and they're right. trying to make it Marvel-esque with the one-liners and the witty jokes. That right. It's like they'll have a, and Marvel does this do too to an extent, but they will have a touching, important, memorable moment, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then someone will make a joke, and it undercuts the entire emotion. Yeah, from the scene, kind of takes it away. And it's like, no, let that takes emotion ride out. Let us yeah. feel yeah, let the us highs feel and the lows of these characters. You don't have to make everyone a witty comedian. <laughs> right. Yeah, there were yeah. several moments of that in Kenobi, um, unfortunately, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't a deal breaker. No, but yeah, you could it definitely wasn't. you could definitely sense the the Disney the Disney touch or the Marvel Disney, touch Disneyfication. Yeah, but I, again, in Mandalorian. I don't feel like it was as prominent mm-hmm. or even Boba Fett. I, I agree. Which, it wasn't. I mean, the only thing the Mandalorian yeah. had was, you know, this baby Yoda that was super cute, you know, it was like, but other than that, it remained pretty, pretty serious, pretty dramatic. And and that's what I like about star Wars. It's, it's, you know, it, it emotion, anger, that kind of thing. Like it's dramatic. It's nice. And then you got Marvel, which is action packed and, and it can be funny and be serious at the same time. It's just, let's just separate those two. You know, let's not let's not mess with. Well, I know that the Mandalorian and I think Boba Fett both had Dave Filoni as a producer, Um, and he's very invested in the foundations of Star Wars lore. Whereas I don't think he was involved in Obi Wan. Yeah, that's Mm, an apparent kind of apparent i would say along with the absence of john favreau's touch right, deborah cool. chow i mean she did she did again direct a couple episodes of the mandalorian so i mean as i think is she the first you know female uh director for like a star wars i think so uh, whether it's a movie or a series so that's kind yeah. of monumental and yeah, I that's a pretty big deal she did a fantastic job i agree i do think um the direction for everybody especially you know that one moment where obi-wan finds out that vader's still alive i was like god dude like it, he nailed it and you know that some of that had to come from her as a director you know she's like i need you this is how you're feeling this you know that kind of thing it's just like he nailed it that direction he took there or even if he didn't take direction whatever he did ranking boba fett mandalorian and kenobi i'd probably have to say kenobi's second place for me mandalorian's first and boba fett's i'm gonna be honest with bottom you. of the barrel i have still i have yet to see the book of boba fett and it's just i'm not not, not missing much I was, i'm just not I don't know why I'm not interested in sitting down and watching. I, I'll eventually get to it. And I really enjoyed the Mandalorian. Um, like a I, I didn't care. I didn't care for when they took 
his freaking helmet off. I wish they would just leave people's helmets on, like on freaking Halo. It's like Ooh. leave his helmet on. <laughs> on the, Mas- the Mandalorian. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah like they, they, they keep took it, it off. On, hopefully for the rest. Yeah. He's like, oh, hey, oh, for a because, he's got to take it off at some point. Well, I, but he doesn't do it in front of people. That was the whole thing. He doesn't take it off in front but of that people. That was character. That was character. Yeah, I know what they were trying to do. That was but character it, growth. I knew what they were trying to do, but it's just like leave his helmet on. It's like even with even with freaking Kylo Ren. I remember when they he took his helmet off the first time, and I was like, ooh, like who the put it back guy, on? Yeah, put, it, put your helmet back on, dude. Like, but he's swole. <laughs> I, I, like the moment I saw his face for the first time, I was like, "Oh God, Jesus! Put your helmet back on." I got used to it a little bit in in uh, the Last Jedi and and uh, Rise of Skywalker, and I've also I had also seen other things with Adam Driver in it. So you know, but the first I'd never seen Adam Driver until that moment, you know. And I was like, "Oh my God, this guy's ugly." I remember seeing. I remember seeing Adam Driver. And we're never going to have Adam Driver on a podcast. What's that one movie? Where he's like <laughs> Sorry, nachos. The movies where he's eating. Adam Driver's character is eating nachos with Henry Radcliffe. It's like a kind of a uh, rom Henry Radcliffe. I mean D- Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. It was a. It was a comedy. I with no both of them in it. But that's the first time. What if? Maybe. What if, what? Yeah. What if? I yeah. think that's what it's called. Yeah. He's like, I'm about to eat nachos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first done. time. Adam Driver has a very unique voice. Just like yes. just the the timbre of it. Have you have you guys seen? Johnny Depp. Have you guys seen um, Undercover Boss with this? Uh, what is <laughs> with Kylo Ren? Yeah, with Kylo Ren. Parody. What is this? Yeah. What is yeah. this space station <laughs> called? What is this his thing called? Um, the the Star Killer. Is that what is it called? Yeah, Star Star Killer Base. Yeah, Star Killer yeah. Base. And he's he's like goes undercover as a as a radar technician. It's so it's so funny if you haven't seen it. Zach, look up Undercover Boss Kylo Ren. There's two of them. There's one um that came out after The Force Awakens, and I think there was one that came after rise of skywalker and it's a little bit funnier or the first one's a lot funnier than the second one's just a little funny but he's he's funny. on snl yeah adam yeah, Dri- that's SNL. where they're snl yeah and adam driver um, clips adam driver actually hosted it an episode of snl and there's another one where he plays pete davidson's i think his grandfather or something and he comes to class to comes to pete davidson's class to like as a guest speaker and it is so funny like if you guys haven't seen it, Adam Driver. Like one good thing I like about Adam Driver is even stuff on, on Saturday Night Live. He's like a hundred percent committed, no matter what it is. So if you haven't <laughs> seen some of Adam Driver's stuff on SNL, go watch it because it is hilarious. Like he is so funny. I think he's a great actor. No, he yeah, is a really good actor. Few things I've seen in him in. I just know the first time he take, took that dang helmet off, I was like, dude, what the F? Like, where is this guy coming from? But then, you know, yep, later young on. Dude. <laughs> plus, I, I really liked his voice in, in the helmet. Like, I liked it a lot better than his actual voice. So, you know, I thought he sounded oh, really yeah. cool. And his helmet looked really cool with the hood on. I mean, take the hood off. It looks weird. But um, with the hood on and it like it sounded really cool. But uh, anyway, I, that's neither here nor there. So I didn't mean to go on a rant about Adam Trevor's face. Um, that, so. I think that was definitely <laughs> definitely Adam's driver's voice that they just put oh, yeah. effects over. Whereas, yeah. obviously, whoever uh, it was, David Prowse in the suit for the mm. original trilogy of Vader. I mean, they you just use a totally different person's voice, being yeah. James Earl well, Jones. Well, I mean, James Earl Jones, that voice though. 
iconic. Like he, he's, Mufasa. I mean, even as Mufasa, you know, he just sounds great. And he, he was in an episode of House, and I, and he he did like a, a an African accent, and it sounded awesome. Like he's just a really good. He's a great. Oh yeah, that's the one where he's a dictator, right? He was a he's a dictator, and he was committing genocide, and and Chase, one <laughs> yeah. of the doctors, ends up ends up killing him. And Dang. so um, it was. It's a pretty intense episode. And so if you guys like House, you should check it out with James Earl Jones. It's James Earl really Jones, great actor. He's one of those right, guys, guys I'd so, like to have, a, have so, a drink with, perhaps. I would love to drink with him and talk with him just so I can hear him, you know, happy like I'm talking with Darth Vader slash Mufasa, you know, having a drink <laughs> you with a bedtime him. story. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yes. Father Except for I would be like, OK, but you're going to read me Harry Potter. All right, guys. So <laughs> final thoughts on the Obi-Wan series. What do you think? If I had to put it in a top three with the other two Star Wars series, it would be Obi-Wan, Mandalorian, and of course, Boba Fett. Never seen it, so I can't really put it in anything higher. So I really was it. Was it, because, was it because you related to Obi-Wan more so? Like, that's why you, you rated it? I think so. And, you know, Obi-Wan, you know, he I've seen him do things. I've, you know, I fell in love with that character in general already. At mm-hmm. the, you know, and it's just, it was really cool to see the whole dynamic between him and Darth Vader 10 years later, you know, him finding out Vader's still alive and getting to see Leia as a kid and all this stuff. It was, it's just a really cool, I thought it, the, the story was great, you know? And I, I mean, I did like the Mandalorian. It was really, I, that story was great too, but I don't know. I just kind of liked the relationships a little better in, in Obi-Wan, I guess is what it is. I don't care for, Riva or whatever her name is. I don't care for her. She could have been cut out of the whole thing. And and Kumel Nanjiani, like I need you in the see there. But you know, I digress. I'll, I'll deal with it. But yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I've already stated my rankings. Uh, yeah. Obi Wan's fantastic, but there are just many plot problems and questionable motivations for characters. Um, you're a pro- where you're I a felt like Mandalorian problem. sometimes. <laughs> or, so Mandalorian takes the cake for me. We've seen, we have had two seasons, and I just appreciate more cohesive storytelling. And yeah, uh, it felt more you, cinematic. Zach. It felt more cinematic as well. Yeah. It, I'm with yeah. you, Zach. I, um, I like The Mandalorian as number one. I feel like there has a much more cohesive story. It has a better art direction. But under that, I would put Obi-Wan. Um, because it's classic characters and, and I'm invested in the relationship between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. I want to see how that played out. And the two of them particularly did a wonderful job portraying emotions and the betrayal and hurt that both of their characters were going through. So, and then I, I'm not, I wasn't a huge fan of Boba Fett. So, yeah, I, I just haven't seen it. Uh, so the one time that I get to be the the disagreeer here, I get hey, to hey, in, hey, wow, me and Zach aren't on the same page. It's a it's rare usually, day. It's usually Jerome, Jerome. Usually the odd, the odd man out. Usually Jakey Wakey. All right, cool. Well, uh, <laughs> don't, don't I guess. <laughs> uh cool well uh, i'm glad we got to talk about this show. i really enjoyed it um great show and i mean you know, i really wanted to try to watch it again for this pod this episode but i was like i don't really feel like sitting down and watching another you know the same show again for six hours like watch the fan edit <laughs> yeah that now that i know this exists i'll watch that like i would i think it i just think it'd be interesting to watch it even at just as a as yeah. a movie a filmmaker like i think it'd be cool to see so anyway. i'm not i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna 
give you guys the link or anything, but for the listeners, if wink, you want to research it yourself, there is a gentleman named Kai Patterson, who is a wonderful editor, and he's made a fan film, and I'll let you guys take it from there. If, you go, if you're listening, Kai, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's, it's a really good edit, Kai. You should come talk to us. You should. You should be on the on an episode. On that note, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you want to reach out to us, please hit us up on. We got listen to us on Spotify. Um, what is it? Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, um, and YouTube. And you can you know hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, check us out, and uh, we'd love to hear from anybody who has any. Um, ideas for episodes and another thing i thought of if you have an idea for a movie you would like us to review and and talk about let us know um that's something i thought of the other day but you know if maybe there's some movies out there that people want to hear us talk about i don't know so if you have any ideas uh just hit us up on those social media sites and we thank you again for listening this week we will see you guys next week